calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings Podcast. Kat and JJ are not on this episode as we are recording, say, like, a little after lunch. Uh, they're both at work today, but we do have an amazing guest host for you today. It is Kyle Dunbar. You know him from two seasons of Ink Masters. He's a great artist, kind of developed his, I would say, kind of developed your own style with tattooing, uh, which is really fun if, if you're into tattooing. Kyle was kind enough to come on. I saw that Kyle has a podcast and much like Kyle's style and tattooing, his podcast is raw, right to the point. And if there's a guest that you like or you just enjoy Kyle's personality, the podcast is definitely for you. I love it because he brings on a lot of the people uh, from Ink Masters as, and as somebody who loves tattoos, uh, it's right up my alley. Kyle, thank I'm you so much for coming I'm trying to find a new, new definition for um it used to be forgive me actually for saying it uh eskimo is a derogatory name so i i can't use it we're in the future now we're in the twitter future so i'm trying to figure out what kind of cousins i have because we've all been fucked by the same show and they are my returning contestants but i can't i can't use the you know derogatory expletive to i need to find something new i don't know no, well, the, I, I get the sentiment, though. Uh, I mean, you you had one of the more interesting rides on that show. You know, you were one of that first group of people that got invited back, right? That was early on. It was season. Three I was yeah. Four. First uh, from season two, they invited uh, Tattoo Baby. That's back. right. And then I was the second person and the last kind of in that same regard, like yeah. no longer did they, they're like, ah, that's hurting people. I think we're breaking their brains. Let's not, if you, if you look at the timeline of it, at least for me, I started, you know, season on episode eight, she was ready to be done. She mm -hmm. was ready. You know, she was packing it in saying, Hey, send me home. And I believe it was on the same episode that I tried to have a fight with the judge. Yeah. So I don't know if there isn't some correlation there, you know, it's like, you can only, a person can take so much, you know? Well, and reality TV is, 
I mean, that's a tricky thing to be on anyway, because they're going to, in my opinion, and uh, I would I would think it was probably your experience. They're going to push your buttons as hard as they can to get entertainment value out of you instead of having you put forward your best foot as a human. I don't think they really care much about that. You know, it's all about ratings and and content for them. It is. I think uh, if you can start out with a storyline that that. Uh doesn't have you getting your buttons pushed or has yeah. you being calm and collected all the time, but not that you don't get to control your storyline. Well, and I'm, I'm curious about that. And of course we will get into our uh, wonderful guest, Amanda here in a minute, but I just, as a fan of the show and a fan of the art in and of itself, I, I you know, it seems like E-Masters has really come back kind of in the same way the office did with the streaming services. Um, I know I have a friends who, kind of casually watched it like back in the day, but now because we all binge watch everything, uh, they've sat down and watched every single season of Ink Masters. Have you found that that's had kind of a resurgence oh, yeah. um, for you? The as next, well? after Netflix was, after it was syndicated to Netflix, if that's what we call it, but after they bought it, um, it's like the very next day, I had like a thousand friend requests on one of my really. Things. Yeah, I don't really pay attention um, too much because I don't know, you know, because why? And uh, but that was a number that I was like, oh, wow, what the fuck? You know, like normally I'll, I'll wake up and I'll have some friend requests. And, and but that time it was and then it started again. Like some people seem to they don't know how long. I mean, if it came out on Netflix yesterday, you think it was yesterday, but it was really almost 10 years ago. Yeah. People are coming up to me in the mall and like, man, he, it's been rough. <laughs> been stressed I, I remember out, watching huh? it. Like I remember DVRing it and binging it because it came on hollows at work. So I'd have like a week's worth and I just watch them yeah. all at once. Yeah. I think sure. that helps you have a, a cause cause you know, week to week to week, you kind of forget what happened. You almost need to build exactly. up. You almost need that whole like what happened last week. Yeah, like a recap. Yeah. Well, and when you watch it closely, I think it's almost, I don't know, it at least makes people on my side of the story. You know what I mean? Because when they watch it so closely, like, no, they're fucking with the kid. Look at him. You know, yeah. you can see it. I mean, yeah. I watched it with my grandma. I'll never forget. Like, she she never had any tattoos, but, like, I like tattoos. And, like, we watched mm -hmm. that show together. And she would just, she had no idea, like, the art of tattooing. And I really got to bring her through, like, and let her watch that. And it was it was a really interesting experience. She grew up in a time when it was just for sailors and horrors, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> She's like, no, grandma doesn't have any tattoos. Grandma nope. is not a whore. <laughs> well, and honestly, like, one, cigarette and one beer at the bar. And that's it's it. a great frame of reference for anybody who is thinking about getting a tattoo. Like, before I got my first tattoo is really when I got into the show because I wanted to educate myself on the different forms of artwork. And, and, you know, I mean, the show is what it is from a entertainment standpoint, but getting to see all you artists like Kyle and, and many of the other ones that I loved on the show, it really helped me kind of learn, Hey, this is kind of what's considered a good tattoo. These are all the different styles and tattooing. And I was able to identify like, okay, I want this kind. I knew what kind of artists to go and find and since then i've had like a good experience after a good experience getting you, you know, did it the right way i yeah. did it the other way where i was like identifying all my bad tattoos while i was <laughs> watching the show i was like oh shit his hand looks <laughs> too heavy this lighting is too wrong well your tattoos don't all look like a sticker is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> no no. I, I feel mean, like that, that was a yeah. phrase overused. So like just used over and over in that. Oh, sticker so. tats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just hated, I 
I personally, I kind of hate it when a tattoo looks like it was just taken off of a page and then placed on the skin. It's like it doesn't yes, flow. No, it stops your eye. I mean, there's a body under No personality, there. I guess. Mm-hmm. And you need well, to escape that body to be able to, you know, to, to make yeah. the tattoo live. And I think that's what people dig about your work so much is it does feel like it's, I mean, not that the other side isn't art as well, because I mean, you're, you know, you're giving a customer what they want and you're creating something on their body, but yours really feels like a one of a kind piece that I think they can, you know, treasure with them. Well, that was one thing on the show. I didn't, and if I ever, if I had to replay the show, I would do it completely different. I would copy everything from Google and I would be $63,000 richer after taxes because Google is the best tattoo artist in the world. Just hands down. You cannot beat it. Scott, uh, there's an episode missing because of Scott's reference uh, was a very popular image that he had done and he had taken it from Google, you know, and they had talked about that, about how he'd been using Google and it was kind of, I remember people thought it was unfair. I mean, whether it was unfair or not, he, he took the risk uh, and it was against their instructions, but it was not against the rules, if that makes sense. But because of that, there is a uh, Rob Zombie's appearance will never be, (laughs) you'll never be able to see him on Ink Masters. Scott fucked all that up. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, and that's that's my favorite rocker. So I do anything to see him on anything. <laughs> you know, I missed him that day. Too. That was the day I blew up and uh, and would have been excited. We get, it was the first time I actually my best friend, Dr. Blasphemy, was coming on and he had also cheated with me and told me mm-hmm. what the what the day was going to be. So I had a drawing already ready of a demon girl and, uh, and I great. blew up. Oh, yeah, it's terrible, oh. but it's good, terrible, whatever. So I didn't meet him. And yeah. you know what? They make it look like I met Hugh Jackman as well. But mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman came um, the next day after Rob Zombie. Oh, wow. Because of the way security was to work. So they were going to pay more money for security on the Rob Zombie day. Just happens mm-hmm. to be the day that I get in a fight. And there was plenty of security that day. <laughs> um, and then they, were, uh, they keep the security over now for the contract for... Uh, uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And then they kept our clothes in plastic baggies and gave them all to us and said, here, wear these. Um, Except for me, because I was already in a hotel room trying to straighten up my brain. (laughs) Well, and and this is just kind of my last note on Ink Masters. I I think it it helped me realize that the style I like the most is neo-traditional and traditional, just because I wanted to do like one arm originally. Uh, and actually the artist I've ended up using the most, her name is, um, Christina and she apprenticed under Dave Kruzman, uh, oh, you know, wow. like 10 years yeah. or so ago. And her work is very, very similar to his. And she knows a lot of, um, you all from ink masters and that stuff. So it's always fun to get tattooed from her and, and tell her about the podcast and that kind of stuff. Who I've She has a lineage to. that shares with James Vaughn then as well, yeah. who was Dave Kruzman's, uh, mentor. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, Kyle, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, get into some ghost stuff. So I want to yeah. ask you what we like to find Hear out me. on our podcast. Mm-hmm. We call it the Believo Meter. Uh, so we <laughs> want to know where you fall on that. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts at all, and ten you believe ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? What was uh, Mulder? Wasn't it Mulder or was it Fox? I know oh. he wanted to believe. <laughs> Molder, yeah. Molder, yeah, I'm mm. like Molder on it, like maybe but, like a two uh, or three. I, you think? I guess you know, I'm really, I'm the combination of the two. 
Okay. There you go. Okay. Because at the same time as I want to believe, I'm like, you're going to have to convince me better than that, motherfucker. Best of both worlds. (laughs) That's that's fair. Absolutely. And Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm glad you already jumped in some. Uh, We do have an awesome guest co-host, so I certainly am am happy to share that and and talk. But we want to hear about your ghost story. So where do you fall on that same scale on the Believometer? Well, um, 10. 10 10. out of 10 out of 10. Um, Oh, you you don't believe it all, huh? I believe it completely, like oh. I 100% believe it. Um, but I think that that comes with any of your, your own experience. Like anytime that you are just like scared shitless, like I just don't think you forget that. And that's kind of carried with me from the experience I'm going to tell you about kind of through my whole life. So, yeah. And, and I, you know, I looked through your emails and of course um, from doing this podcast, it, it seemed like you have kind of had a whole host of experiences dating back. Yeah from when you were a child um, and, you know, growing up in a haunted house. So I can't wait to hear about that. Why don't you start us from your earliest experience and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. That sounds good. Um, okay. First experience, I was around five. Um, I was at my grandmother's and my great grandmother had actually died in that house. And I, my sister sounds so twisted. Like I swear my sister isn't evil, but she used to lock me in a bedroom and I'd play with my Polly pockets. And they had these like wall mirrors that were only mounted with like these little screw things, like from the eighties. Like, I can't think of how like little brackets, like six little brackets. And I'm playing right in front of that mirror. And I, I just, I get this like feeling like hair on the back of my neck stands up, all this stuff. All of a sudden the mirror falls off the wall, lands on me, hits me. I'm taken to the hospital. I get like six stitches. And that was kind of like the first like time anything had happened where I was like, oh my God, like this is weird. Like this is icky. Like I can't explain the feeling. It's just an icky feeling. And icky. from there, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't pain and shock just from a, no, it was like the impact uh, or nothing. No, it was more like, um, I don't know. If, have you ever just gotten bad vibes off of somebody when they walk in a room and it just changes like the whole like vibe, like just takes it down a notch. Like that's how it felt. And from there, like I live in Asheville, North Carolina, which is just like a sleepy valley town. And we moved to a place called Old Fort. And there's really nothing in Old Fort, but like history. And that's about it. History and mountains. So we moved there and we found this house and it had like the craziest weird smell. And my parents asked about it, like, what's the smell? What's the deal with it? And they tell us they dyed the carpets, which is like, an antiquated process that they didn't even do it this time. Like it would cost you three times the amount to dye your carpets as it would to change your carpets. So it made no sense. So there were a few things like this, but you know, we were moving like out of a trailer home into like a really nice house. So we're like, we don't give a fuck. We're fine with it. We don't care. Like we'll take it. Uh, Arm and hammer, baking soda. That'll get rid of it. Yep, exactly. That's how we were thinking. So we move in and at first there was nothing too crazy. We were super excited. It was a beautiful plot of land. You know, we had so much room and it was, it was pretty stagnant for a while until my dad went into our attic and he went by himself and he came back down. And when he came back down, he grabbed my mom by the shoulders and was like, don't go up there. I don't care what you do. Don't go up there. Don't let the girls go up there. Just leave it alone. So of course we're three girls. And I, I say this every time I tell this story, like we're three girls. If you say, don't go up there, we're going up there as soon as you leave. Like you're going to the gas station. Cool. We're going in the attic. So that's exactly what we did. No, and three, was, three daughters or mom's there with you. She, mom, she's part mom's of your co-conspirator. There with oh, she's co-conspirator. Of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
so we go up and there's a box of toys, you know, look like they're from the eighties. They say Jason on them. And then there's this big four poster king size bed that you couldn't have gotten into the attic through the small opening. And it was like one solid piece. Like somebody had made this bed and glued it in and just left it up there. So we kind of look around, nothing really sticks out. So we go back down. We think my dad's crazy. You know, we don't really know anything. That's when our light bulbs started bursting out. Like it's not just blowing out, not the bulb would go out, like they would burst and then the glass would be on the carpet in the middle of the night. Like lights wouldn't even be on it and they'd be bursted out. And my mom has like the shock boss collection. And I know like any, you know, anytime we would stop at like a uh, rest stop or something, she'd get one that had like the name of the town. So she has this big, big collection. And that would be lined up on our bar top every morning, just in a straight line. And it was stuff that like my sister and I, my mom's like, Michelle, Amanda, like, no, like, you're going to tell me you did this because I know you did it. Like, no one's here. You did this. And we didn't. And it was just crazy. And my and we were all kind of going through like this collective thing with the lights bursting out, the shot glasses that was all going on to all of us. And then like I was having my own thing. My sister was having her own thing and my mom was having her own thing. And I didn't find out until later. It was much worse for my mom. I think that anyone else, because she was seeing things like she was braiding my hair one day and she had like a mirror beside her door. And it looked like she said she just saw an arm coming in with a machete and she mm. turned her head and it just disappeared. And I don't know if you guys remember, but around that time, the movie It had come out and I was freaking terrified. I watched it. I was like six with my grandma, like stupid idea, but that's appropriate. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> my grandma was always like, you can do whatever you want at my house. Just don't tell your mom. <laughs> so anyway like and my mom to be fair she's a huge Stephen King fan she was kind of creeped out by it too and we're just sitting in the bedroom and like my dad had bought her balloons like with um some flowers and the balloons just float into the bedroom and that was like that was the moment that I think my sister and I were in there and we were all just like oh my god I don't know what to do I'm so scared I can't even move like ceiling fan on windows open blowing this stuff in yeah it was just no or what uh, no ceiling fan, but the win- windows were open. So that could have been it, but. But then they dropped down so they could go through the doorway too, right? They didn't scrape across the ceiling all the way in. They came in, they came in. Yeah, they came in the room. So I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to think like, it's been a while, but like, yeah, they came in the room and then they kind of bobbed there and it was just, they stayed in that one spot. And it just, I remember it being an entire like, excursion because it was the three of us we were so scared we couldn't move my dad wasn't coming home for an hour and everybody was like who's gonna go shut the door who's gonna go shut the door who's gonna go shut the door and like we just couldn't get up the the courage i guess did um, anybody feel any any other presence i mean you guys all obviously felt like it was in the room but did anybody um, do the old uh goose goosebumps on the arm kind of thing or the big difference between this home and everything I've ever experienced in my life from zero to 30, um, this house felt mean. It felt like it wanted to hurt you. You didn't have a good feeling. Like I've walked into situations where I can feel something, but it's not like you can feel a sadness or you can feel like a, a happiness, even if you're, if it's a child or something like that. But like in this home, I remember just feeling like it wasn't okay. And I remember my mom, she was very religious and she used to tell me if you're ever, you know, just terrified, just start saying the Lord's prayer out loud. And I can remember like being in my room and saying that so loudly that like I was shouting it. So 
Well, I mean, do so do you and and your mom and sister, do y'all identify as like being empathic? Do you often feel like you can kind of feel the vibe of a room? Definitely. uh, My mom and I both, I think are empaths. We both have, you know, done tarot cards and anytime we will do like a Ouija reading, it always goes really south. So like, I don't, we try not to do this anymore, but yeah, my mom, she, she's had experiences most of her life. And I would say I kind of follow on that same trail. Your mother is, uh, is, is religious or your grandmother was religious? Um, my mom and my grandmother are religious, religious. But your mom still messes around with the satanic yeah. Ouija mm-hmm. tarot cards? Yeah, we, we <laughs> believe that it, it's all in your intent. It, it's all okay. what you want to do with it. If you're using this board and you're trying to summon a demon, you're going to do that. Like, that's your intent, right. and you can pull that forth. That's, like, strong enough to do that. But for us, it's more like protect your heart, make sure you're praying and you're doing the right things and you're using things for the right reasons, and you'll be protected. Did you feel like whatever this presence was, attacked i know you said your mom got it pretty bad but between you and your sister did one of you get it worse than the other one or was it pretty even um i got it a little worse because i was seeing things and talking to things in real time where my sister was having it happen in dreams so for me i know that a big thing was like i didn't know it was bad at first and my sister and i shared like a wall so i would be in my room playing with my barbies and she came out one day just came out of her room and circled to my mom and she's like mom come in my room she took her in there and they could hear me talking to someone. So my mom busts open my door and I'm in there obviously by myself. And they're like, how did you make that voice? Da, da, da. And, you know, it's just one of those things. And I remember I kept telling my mom, I had these things that. You mean you weren't <sighs> making the voice? No, I was like, not it making was just voice. another voice. No, 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 no. Yeah. It was another voice. It came from my closet. I, in my childlike, I guess, idea like I what I saw these things like koosh balls with mouths I know it sounds really weird but they Mm -hmm. just they were just spiky and like at first they were friendly and it was like come here we'll do this uh roll the ball you know we'll play barbies we'll do this and then it started to be do this your mom told you you couldn't but let's do this like we had a wooded area behind our house my mom was like under no circumstance go back there I can't see you I can't put eyes on you and make sure you're okay don't go in the woods so then it was like go in the woods you know, you want to go in the woods, there's a puppy back there. I mean, it was just weird, weird, weird stuff. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice. 
a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. And, um... That's pretty weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty creepy shit. It, it was creepy. Um, and for my mom, I see, I was talking to her last night and she was telling me the scariest thing that happened to her was, um, before her and my dad got married, he struggled with alcohol and he had went to AA and he had a girlfriend there and she had, you know, kept struggling and she had just kept calling and calling and she ended up getting drunk one night and driving off of a bridge and getting decapitated. And my mom said she was in the shower one day and she just got this feel just full body chill and she was washing her hair out and she said I knew Amanda if I opened my eyes that I would see her and I would see her as she was in death not in life that she was there to just release the full force of her rage on me and it's giving me a chill right now was she romantically involved with your father yes in in, okay yes and it was just I think that my mom probably carried a lot of guilt from her passing because it was probably a lot of, you know, oh, I'm glad that's over. And uh, I just, I can't imagine how frightening that would have been in the moment. I just can't. Because uh, in the shower, you're the most, you know, vulnerable anyway. And that mm-hmm. took place in that home where she felt yes. that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. do you do you think there's a possibility that maybe she was the one haunting that home? Or do you think your mom was just more of a conduit for whatever spirits were around there? I think that that's part of it. I think that we were kind of almost like a beacon or a pull, like you said, like a conduit, like things were pulled to us. And um, I know a lot of the things there were already there, but I do think that my mom just the intent thing. I think that things that if you put something in your brain and you think about it every day, you can make it happen. And I think that that right. was one of the things she was doing. She I opened think. up the doorway yeah. kind of. Exactly. Pet yes. Cemis- what uh, Was it around the same time Pet Cemetery came out? Because isn't that, <laughs> she said she was a Stephen King fan, right? That's kind of similar to the, the first opening scenes where that guy gets in the car accident or whatever, the bike accident, right? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I remember the one with the little boy. Is that Pet Cemetery too? I think that's uh, what, Red Rum? That's the shiny. Well, no, no the little boy and, was in the pet cemetery too. Yeah, he, he buried his son dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. one. One of the um, first horror movies ones. I ever saw was Pet Cemetery. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Remember that? That's not fair. When he, <laughs> when he killed his own kid, terrible. Killed his own kid with the, oh. the injection or everything. Like really it's messed not up. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, anyways yeah you got me the creeps a little bit but i'm still trying to poke holes <laughs> okay so, if you have questions let me know but yeah well that's my question is just how much did she like stephen king maybe uh, she was a writer and she needed she was just channeling all these these creative impulses and she's uh, not a writer but she did read a lot of stephen king so i give you that one she she loved him one of my favorite quotes from stephen king actually is um i have the heart of a little boy i keep it in a jar on my desk 
Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Amanda, you said that you saw things. I mean, I know you described the, whatever those entities were in your closet. Were there Mm -hmm. any, any, any other spirits or entities you saw in the home? Um, I did. I saw there was a lady and at the time, you know, I don't know why I didn't think this was weird, but she would come in my room and and I could kind of see through her. She was like a hazy blue, but like, I just remember sadness, like just this, this bone curdling sadness. Like as an adult, the only thing I can equate to it is my daughter was in like the NICU for a month. And that was the only time in my entire life that I've been that sad. Yeah. And, um, she, I, I just, I feel she didn't speak. She would just come through my room. She would look at me. I would wake up and she'd be at the end of my bed. It was like things like that, but she was never auditory with me. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that I got with almost every thing I've ever come in contact with. I can auditorily hear them. Um, even now I can sometimes still auditorily hear things, but I can't see it visually anymore. Now, but, do you suffer from sleep paralysis at all? or night Oh terrors? my God. I was literally telling my husband about how terrifying that is yesterday. Cause he hasn't ever had it happen. And yes, it's awful. Yeah. Plus sleep paralysis. I mean, it sounds pretty <sighs> self-explanatory, I guess, but I've never yeah, experienced so like, where I the, couldn't move. The kind I get is, um, uh, and it doesn't happen very often for me anymore, but but used to when it happened more frequent, I see a spider dropping down from the ceiling. And it's like I'm awake in the sense that I can see the entire room, but I can't move or do anything about it until like the very last moment I can, you know, shake free or whatever. But then I realize in that same like breath, I realize it's not real, whatever the, you know, the spider I see or whatever is gone. And also it's usually pitch black in my room. So I also can't really see. So whatever it was, I was seeing was being like projected from my mind. As mm-hmm. if, you know, this is all really happening when it's, it's not, but some people believe, cause a lot of people will have experiences with like what they call like the shadow man or the hat man or some kind of negative male entity at like the, you know, in their room, staring at them, like, tickling their feet or whatever they believe that's that like, like uh, the cure was yeah. that song the spider-man oh yeah yeah i mean it's not about marvel's comic book no. character though yeah a little creepier um but yeah so that's that's kind of i was just curious because you were seeing things you know at at night if um you felt like that was part of sleep paralysis or if you were fully awake when you were seeing this woman walking um, in the room when I was younger, I didn't have it as bad. This, this sleep paralysis didn't start for me until I was about 12. And okay. this was all happening from six to eight. So how long did you guys live in that house? We lived there about, we had ownership of the home for about two years, but I'd say we only lived there about eight months. So, okay. Cause it got and that we, freaky and you guys just, yeah, we literally, yeah, we fled in the middle of the night. We ended up moving. What? Um, <laughs> if you ask my dad anything about that home, where it was, um what it looked like he can't tell you anything he can literally tell you nothing from that eight months but it started to get dangerous because he was experiencing something and he is a zero he does not believe in anything other than than god he believes in all that but he zero on ghosts anything like that i had it had gotten so bad in my room that i just couldn't sleep in there anymore and i went and i was sleeping with my mom and she and I guess my dad had moved into my, yeah, that's right. I was sleeping with mom and dad had moved into my room. And the more he slept in my room, the worse things got for him and us. And just the way he would interact with us. And my sister would tell my mom that she would hear him speaking to things in there. And my mom said one night she woke up and she heard the door rattling and she couldn't understand it because she hadn't locked it, but she could just hear it. Just the, 
of somebody trying to open it. And like, she wakes up the next morning. My dad's like, why'd you lock the door on me? What were you afraid? And it's like nothing my dad would ever say. Like, were you afraid I'd come in there? Like, what were you doing? You know? And it was just, it was getting to be those things all the time. And that was when we ended up, we called our realtor and we were like, okay, we've called all the carpet stores in this county and they none of them dyed these carpets and they also told us that it's three times more expensive so please explain that explain what's going on with our electricity because our lights are blowing out and i guess somebody's breaking into our home because our shot glasses are lined up every morning and that was when like breaking into our home to rearrange our shot glasses exactly and that was when we slowly like pulled the information out of the real estate agent and it used to be a church and they had dyed the carpets from staining etc and that was kind of and she said if i was the real was estate like, agent i would have still told you i would have been like no here's the thing there's this kid around here and he's got severe ocd <laughs> but he's really good at breaking into homes and he leaves without a trace he does this all the time he opens up your cupboard He's doors. You don't know closet. why. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably in the house right now. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, no, you're right. I'm still very interested in the bed upstairs as well. Because if that thing was made, constructed mm-hmm. up there, piece yeah. by piece, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you guys left it when you moved to? Yeah. We, we left everything that was there when we moved in the box, the bed, anything, any furniture. Cause we just don't want to take anything that might Did you guys have an think about destroying that bed. Like I, my first my, thing was like, yeah, destroy the my bed. My mom just... wanted to burn it. And I was like, yeah. and my dad was like, no, we'll burn down the house. Like we can't get this thing out. I don't think that's a good idea, Janet. Well, so, Sawzall or something. You couldn't have uh, sawed it apart or you didn't want to take the time to do that. We may have been able to do that, but we moved so fast. I don't think anybody. Right. You were too. very young before you knew the, when you moved out then too. Yeah, you, I was, you say I was, you were there at five, right? I was there at six, and six, then okay. I was seven when we were moving out, and I was eight when we finally got rid of it. So, and Amanda, did you happen to find out what kind of church it was that was there? It was what? a Baptist church, and they Baptist. had done. Unfortunately, they had done you know showings. I mean, they had preached. They had done you know funeral. It it had been used for everything that a church is used for. And that was kind of the part where we were like, how is this legal? Like we, we did get into, I know my mom and dad got into a rabbit hole that they fell down for years. Like, how is this legal? How can you sell us this home? Like, like someone was in here that was dead. Like, don't you have to disclose that? I get, they didn't die here, but like they were brought here and they weren't alive. Right. So and, and you know, who knows, uh, how old was the church? Or how old it was, was the erected it, this was in 19 let me see 1994 and the church was erected in 1952 so it had been there about 40 okay. years at that point right on through segregation and different things too mm-hmm. what, yeah. what, what's and this was down south there a bit yeah like i live in north carolina and this area old fort is like a very very rural area so yeah i would imagine it had seen some some bad things and so what was the breaking point for the family where they were like, F it, we got to get out of here? Um, my mom, my sister and I, like we had gotten to a point with my dad where we didn't even feel like we could talk to him about anything. Hmm. And my mom had kind of decided that she didn't know how things were going with him. She was worried he was going to start drinking again or something. Cause he was, he was, he was acting very strange and it's the um, shining kind of stuff. That's what I was yeah, just thinking kind, too. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Kind of. Um, and my mom had decided we were going to go stay with my grandmother. Like we were gone, her and my sister and I were going to leave and leave him there. And I remember we walked in to tell him we're leaving. Like, we're going to go to my mom's bye. And she was like, we're leaving. And he's like, okay, where are we going? And she's like, no, no, 
the girls and I are leaving. He's like, no, no, no. Where are we moving? We're, we're moving out. Right. And it was such an off the wall thing. And he like went and got a U-Haul and we moved out like as fast as possible. It, it literally, we felt like we were like running. It felt like running. You, so think, it wasn't, you think he probably saw somebody in the bathroom too, just like the shining. He was like, nope, that was the end of it. I, I seen a playmate feel, and then she turned into a dead woman on me. <laughs> I actually feel like he was being taken over by something because mm. he was changing so much and he believed so little that I just feel like he right. had a bigger threshold to be manipulated, if that makes sense. So you feel like it was more the everything that was happening over time that pushed pushed y'all out. It wasn't like one defining moment then that kind of broke your dad and, and you, you know, wanting to get out. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it was a, it was definitely a slow build that we were on. And with him, it was almost like we were on a slow build and we didn't know what was going on with him. He was just kind of separate from us. And that was kind of where we intersected, if that makes sense. Like when she's like, I'm leaving, we're going, we're gone. He's like, okay, cool. I'm going to get you all. <laughs> like wow. we're doing this. Mom and dad had a strained relationship during all this time. Did they, how, how did they at the next house? Did that change? Did they continue a um, uh, separate was, paths kind of? Nope. They're still together. Uh, they've been married 42 years oh. this year. Um, okay. And we, it was hard for a while. Uh, we lived, we moved in with my grandmother. We lived with my grandfather for a while. And then we moved into our own home, but we, we did, we went through, it was weird. It was almost like, because we let that go so easy, we weren't able to yeah. grab onto another home. Like we, we went through, like we moved a bunch and all these things. And it was just like that instability. I, I don't know. It was weird. The instability of, of, of having new homes all, all the time or the instability. Like when we left that home, like we left, you know, and we moved in with my grandmother and we kind of just left it and we didn't care about like that we'd taken a mortgage out. We didn't care that we bought it, right. all those things. It was almost like it was so much harder to acquire the next time, if that makes sense. Like we were just, you know, moving into this house and renting it yeah. for six months, then another house for six Well, months. financially, it had to take you back quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, for sure. Because you're it paying did. double rent for a while, if nothing else, and then you yeah. might even sell for less than the than, than market. And it just, it got too much at, at the end of the two years, we couldn't sell it. We couldn't offload it because after we'd had our our experience, the real estate agent was telling people it was a church. So it's like, nobody wanted to buy it. It smelled funny. Like it had all these problems. And at the end of that two years, we were just like, we can't do this anymore. We're going to default on our loan. Like we, we just can't do this anymore. So. And so I know you said that the kind of the things that happen now are different <laughs> from back then, but that your mom had continued to do, so since she was able to kind of see more and, and experience more, did moving out of the house kind of end her relationship with the supernatural or is that still ongoing? Um, to be honest with you, antidepressants ended her, her relationship with the supernatural. Unfortunately, I, I feel like that happens to a lot of people just kind of dulls you, but um, she, she was still sharp. And she still noticed things for years after that. But I know after my sister and I are nine years apart. And when she was 18, she went to the military and my mom fell into a depression. So I would say from about that time, she's not really seen much, too much since. Okay. You said your sister would lock you in your room. So the first time you saw <laughs> Harry Potter, did you really identify with him being locked in the little Never I've never watched Harry Potter. Okay, so much for the <laughs> Harry Potter joke. Uh, um, there is. I would think you wouldn't be scared of magic so much as you'd be scared of <laughs> Stephen King and horror movies. What was the last horror movie you watched? 
Oh, too many to mention. I I just watched the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre where like the the hipsters are gentrifying the town and Bubba just goes full leather face on them. It was great. What? This is, I didn't even know that. What is it? Texas Chainsaw Massacre won the fifth time or something? I, I'm not sure exactly the name. I'll I'll have to email it to Noah. But um, yeah, like you should watch it. It's great. So I guess you you pretty firmly believe then there was something with that church. The the residue of, of whatever was left from that church was what was haunting your family. Yes, I believe that was what was blowing the lights out. I believe that was lining up the things. Just all of the things that would just make you go, "Am I crazy? Am I actually losing my mind?" You know. Well, so we're kind of coming up on our hour, Amanda. Is there anything else that happened in the home that you'd like to share with the audience? We lost our cat and we got him back. That part was weird. But um, other than that, that was, that was those were the biggest things that happened there. Got him back. How did he act? Was it a he? Yes, it was a he. And we'd had the cat. We'd had him forever. And he was not scared of anything. And when we got him back, we actually found him underneath, like, uh, you know, in the 80s, like they had those sinks that had cabinets underneath with just two doors. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. My mom was cleaning that out as we're moving and he just flies out at her. And we he's been missing for months. And we're like, we really just could not find him. And he has this huge bite on his neck. My mom said that she thought maybe like a huge spider got to him or something. Like it was very weird. And we so took the bite him. wasn't dog bite though, or nothing no, like that. This was like you a mean... venomous bite. Like we had to take okay. him to the vet and have it lanced. Like it was really bad. And um, that happened and she found she had lost her wedding ring, which was actually my great grandmother's wedding ring. And she found that when they were moving like the couch it was like right underneath. And she's like, I had looked under that couch a hundred times. It was not there. Did anybody else in the family see any other visual entities or do you think you've described all the ones that we're seeing? My mom would see shadows. Uh, she talked about that more like, and a lot of it was like looking in a mirror or looking out of the corner. You know, I, I think that happens to everybody but this was like it happened so frequent that you were more drawn to it but she would see shadows constantly and she said she would see like limbs like the day she was braiding my hair she saw an arm with a machete or she would see somebody walking into the room and just see their arm in the mirror or their leg or something and she did say like where i live is right by the cherokee reservation my grandfather was one half cherokee indian one half irish so it's in our blood um and she said several times she'd seen like you know an Indian kind of walking mm. through like what she would assume an Indian would look like, et cetera. So I'm not sure that totally could have been part of our problem because at one point this was Cherokee in Indian land, like all of land. This. Yeah. So at, in 1952, that might still I'm trying to think of all that Canadian stuff that was going on with the, where they're exhuming the churches and finding native yeah. bodies underneath there well my high school that i went to they dug up like when my mom my mom went there too and when she was going they were actually exhuming indian bodies like it's Irwin high school you can look it up like it's crazy but they built it basically on an indian burial ground and it just started kind of like unearthing at some point and they had see that should it. teach us all a lesson yeah get cremated I mean, I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Just take up less space. You don't have to worry about haunting people. It's got to suck (laughs) as a ghost. Am I wrong? I mean, if you're depressed, it seems like a lot of work. I mean, come on. If you're if you're depressed though, and you're like, and you scare somebody, like that, that make me happy. I mean, you think it cheers their day up? Well, they don't. You think enough of them, they, and then they can ascend to the next level? Like the spirit I mean, can go on after I've scared enough? Amanda, I feel like we just learned a lot about you, too, in that, in that brief. 
I heard woo yeah. dance for me. Yeah, I was like, right. corners and shit. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be a ghost, make it fun. Yeah, you if know? you want to enjoy your time. Well, that's. I that's, don't think it would be fun. I think I would hate it. Yeah, I just don't want to die, period. So that's that's my biggest struggle. <laughs> you know, it's one of the things I enjoy most about this podcast because it gives me a little hope that there is some kind of some kind of existence after. after. Well, would you want to haunt people? No, no. But if I could would like you want to line up shot glasses every day and then bust out lights. <laughs> that had to be annoying. You know, if I could yeah. if I could float yeah. in front of a TV and watch like season 112 of Ink Masters, I think I could do that for a while. You know? But what if they There's only no let you like watch porn. MASH? That's all that's on well, on the other side. Well, I think you see that's what it is because you don't control the remote control. And what kind of torture must it be? Just be like, God, oh God damn, I hate yeah. this show. I fucking hate this oh show. God. Can you just yeah, turn this bad. show? That <laughs> is bad. Um, you can't even voice it, right? And so then you're just like, man, these guys watch fucking America's Funniest Videos every goddamn day. I'm so tired of ball punches. And you would be the guy that would, would start doing the nickel or uh, Patrick Swayze thing, like lifting the nickel so you could get the remote control. Hey, he got, to, he got to have some fun, you know, if, if we're talking about straight up ghost. And ghost, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I meant to mention this at the top, but I want to make sure everybody knows where they can find Kyle's podcast. Um, straight to the point, completely off topic. And you can also follow Kyle on social media, on Instagram at Ink by Kyle Dunbar. And then Kyle, you have a website as well, right? Ink by Kyle, Ink by Dunbar. Kyle Dunbar. Anything you want, Ink by Kyle Dunbar, pretty much. I think can't. I got smarter people than me. You know, if to be a success, you need a team. That's what I find. And yeah. uh, and I'm really lazy, so I'm just trying to be like average. And I still, you know, I need a team still. But that sounds they, like a they, good podcast too. Just trying to be average. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> why are we like this whole hustle mentality? Like we got to stop. I can't it. stand it. I can't There's stand the, it. Like slow down, man. Like Every when we day were I'm kids, hustling. Mm -mm. When we were I'm kids, when people worked like that, they were workaholics. And now it's like, no, I'm in an MLM and I sell like shampoo and it's great. But I work 24 <laughs> seven and I'm here to tell you about time freedom. Yeah, you like it? Oh, that is not what I do. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I was just role playing. Can you sell me some uh, cutlery too while you're at it? Some Gerber knives or whatever. Place. Yeah. Cutco knives. Cutco, that's what. Yeah, yeah. Somebody oh, brought some knives out. He told me they were sharp. I barely touched the tip, man. That thing cut me so bad. I was like, they're too sharp. Yeah, uh, I used to do presentation. You could actually like cut a penny with one of those knives. Jesus. Uh, how much steak do I? I mean, is it is my tough? Like, I'll buy a better cut of steak. Right, you know, right. What I mean, I'll like, there's be no healthier for steak, <laughs> and I won't have to cut everything. You put it on the on the. It's like a lightsaber, you know. Set yeah. it down. It goes through your dishwasher. Well, Amanda, before we get you out of here, is there anything you want to plug? Um, I I write for True Crime Podcast and YouTube, and you can find me on Instagram at Mrs. Mandy Kelly. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming on. This has no been a real treat as I enjoy all the episodes. Oh, of wait. Interview. Oh, what? I do have mm -hmm. one question. Oh, I'm sorry. I do have one question. Uh, believability. I, I, I got to get a cold feel here. Oh, how, how, how on you a did? One to 10. Yeah, one to 10. How much do you believe? Kyle, I'll let you go first. I'm like six, seven, because I'm creeped out. But yeah, at the same time, with. With uh, Stephen King, I'm ready mm -hmm. to write it all off. It's an overactive mm -hmm. imagination shared be between a whole family. 
Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. still respectable. I, I would yeah. say seven, eight. I mean, I definitely look, it's a fascinating tale. I think anytime you have shared experiences, that moves the needle for me. Um, and it sounds like you all had things going on. And gosh, just the yeah. cinematic thought of you all fleeing in the middle of the night in a U-Haul from yeah. this, this haunted home is, is a pretty wild thing. So with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Kyle Dunbar. I'm Amanda Kelly. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.